Welcome to this Innovation Forum podcast with me, Ian Welsh. Joining me today is Sebastian van der Hoek, who is Forest Advisor at Cargill. Welcome to the podcast, Sebastian. Thank you, Ian. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a fond listener to your podcast, so nice to join. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you with us. We're going to talk a bit about agroforestry today. So why don't we kick off by talking about some definitions. For you guys at Cargill then, what do you mean by agroforestry? Agroforestry, very simply, is all about integrating trees into agricultural lands and agricultural landscapes at large. It's a, a very broad definition and there have been many endeavors to look into more specifics, talking about how many trees should agroforestry entail, what should be canopy coverage. But I think it's very important to keep in mind that agroforestry is a dynamic system. It may not function in the way for everyone in the same way, depending on where you are and what you produce. Let's drill into what Cargill are doing then. So in what ways do you think that Cargill is taking an agroforestry approach? We feel agroforestry as a farming intervention as a great opportunity in cocoa growing. There is a great opportunity for cocoa farmers to integrate additional trees into their cocoa farm. Because cocoa by origin is also a shade tolerant crop that by origin growing under shade canopies. What we've seen over the last decades that there is a big transition to more monoculture type of farming with environmental implications and agroforestry can help to revert some of these adverse trends by integrating uh, trees into the cocoa farm. We are promoting this as a best practice in our cocoa supply chain. In cocoa, it's getting more traction because of uh, several benefits that are identified and the research that continuously comes with more evidences of agroforestry systems outperforming on monoculture systems on important metrics such as biodiversity, on-farm carbon sequestration, and also when managed well, the longevity of cocoa production within that system. Tell me how then this approach links into Cargill's wider sustainability goals. In 2018, the Cargill Cocoa and Chocolate business launches Protect Our Planet Strategic Action Plan. And this strategic action plan is our time-bound plan to address deforestation and other environmental challenges in the cocoa supply chain. Agroforestry is just one component of the interventions that we promote into our supply chain. And we do that through our program vehicle, the Cargill Coke Promise, through which we reach together with our partners and with our clients, the cocoa farmers, to promote agroforestry transformation. Let's think a bit about some of the things that have been happening over the past few weeks. So how have the outcomes from COP26 in Glasgow, do you think, focused opportunities around agroforestry? First of all, it's great to see a sheer amount of private sector representatives that were present at the COP today talking about, for an important part, the role that nature-based solutions can play into addressing some of the climate challenges that we see today. Agroforestry is one of those nature-based solutions. We've seen businesses taking and countries taking on new commitments to address deforestation. Agroforestry can play an important role into that. Another interesting dynamic that we saw at the climate conference are the negotiations around Article 6 and how countries amongst each other, but also private sector can get involved in international carbon markets. There is a clear appetite to bring carbon markets uh, at the international level to life. And what this means for agroforestry hasn't been that much part of the conversation. But one thing that we know is that agroforestry has a good potential in cocoa growing landscapes to sequester carbon, additional carbon, and remove that carbon from the atmosphere. 
Now, with the premise of international carbon markets and also the interest of market players to get involved in nature-based solutions is very promising for agroforestry and facilitating and leveraging additional investments in agroforestry as a nature-based solution. Yes, it's certainly true. In the Article 6, of course, refers to all the rules around the carbon markets, which had been unresolved until COP26. So yes, it's certainly a big step forward, and the carbon markets have an enormous role to play for sure. You mentioned the Cargill Cocoa Promise earlier. Give us a bit more information about how an agroforestry approach then helps you deliver on the Cargill Cocoa Promise. The Cargo Coca Promise is how we work with farmers to work towards a thriving coke sector for generations to come. It importantly leans on working with our suppliers, farmers and farmer groups to strengthen their organizational capabilities and to help them integrate coca farming best practices and environmental best practices into coca farming. Now, agroforestry is one intervention that we promote and that we grow together with our suppliers. It really starts at the farm level, bringing farmers along into what the benefits of agroforestry are. And then very concretely after that, with our partners like Pur Projet or Impactum, we'll sit with farmers to see how in their farm agroforestry can be a meaningful intervention. This is about discussing with the farmer which trees may be of value to the farmer. It can be fruit trees, timber trees, or slow-growing trees that promote biodiversity. Then we make a plan about how these trees can be integrated into the coca farm, how they can be nurtured and maintained. And we pay a lot of attention on monitoring the development of those trees as they are planted, such that we are assured that trees develop and grow. And when not, we can leverage additional attention or efforts to not let our investments go to waste. How have you found that the farmers have reacted to your use or encouraging them to take an agroforestry approach? What's been the reaction from them? Well, there's no one in my view that understands the value of trees better than cocoa farmers. But you're right, it's not always intuitive for farmers to transition towards an agroforestry type of farming. For an important part, because this was not the standard for several decades and the transition to monoculture type of farming has been very much embedded in public policies in some of the important cocoa growing countries. So there's definitely some work to done to to bring farmers on board on the short term by raising awareness and offering education and technical assistance. Other ways that we can think of incentivizing farmers to transition into agroforestry is by looking at what agroforestry may mean for farmers' incomes in the mid to long term. One can think of agroforestry as a diversified system. As it matures, not only yields cocoa, but also may yield other products like fruits or nuts or even sustainably harvested timber that then can be marketed in order for farmers to gain additional and also diversified incomes. We have actually investigated what agroforestry can mean for farmers' incomes with the UN Environment Programme, the European Forest Institute and Pure Projet. And we find that when managed well, there are definitely income benefits that farmers can gain from transitioning into agroforestry. And I guess that so much of so many companies' targets and ambitions are towards helping smallholder farmers increase their income. So it's great that you're finding ways that agroforestry can help increase and boost smallholder farm income, which is so important. Thinking more broadly then, Sebastian, what opportunities do you see from agroforestry that can help scale up commitments through to 2030 and beyond? I think there is still a great potential to scale out agroforestry interventions across cocoa-grown landscapes. 
bringing many more farmers along to transition into agroforestry, whilst keeping in mind that agroforestry may not always be smart farming everywhere, right? But there's great opportunities that also require the right enabling environments. One of the examples that we really need to work on is bettering and improving the way small farmers can access tenure or land documentations. Currently, we find that the majority share of the farmers that we work with don't have formal tenureship on their land, which also makes it challenging sometimes to lay claims on the assets of these land. When we talk about growing trees, it's a long-term investment, a long-term endeavor, and it's important for farmers to have the assurance that the trees that they grow can also benefit them in the long term. And we've seen in the context where we operate that this is an important hurdle to success. Another hurdle to success is the availability of inputs, quality inputs for tree planting. It may seem obvious that a tree bears seeds, but how to make sure that these seeds can be planted and nurtured to survive in the first three years of the planting, when that seedling is still very sensitive for pests and disease, for example. Another important hurdle is access to markets for these diversified products, right? So the premise of additional incomes is a powerful one. And there is this opportunity from agroforestry to diversify and improve incomes. But only if the products that one can yield from agroforestry, only if they can be marketed. Well, it's certainly something that is going to be increasingly important. And as you said, in some respects, it's quite a long-term thing, developing an agroforestry approach, planting trees. But of course, at the same time as developing and changing things quickly, we also have to have some long-term solutions in play as well. So getting the balance between all these different solutions is an interesting one. Thank you very much indeed, Sebastian van der Hoek from Cargill, for explaining how you're taking a long-term agroforestry approach at Cargill. Thanks, Ian.